0: sabbath is not dependent upon our readiness to stop we do not stop when we are finished we do not stop when we complete our phone calls finish our project get through this stack of messages or get out this report that's due tomorrow we stop because it's time to stop sabbath requires surrender if we only stop when we are finished with all our work we will never stop because our work is never completely done With every accomplishment, there arises a new responsibility. Every swept floor invites another sweeping. Every child bathed invites another bathing. When all life moves in such cycles, what is ever finished? The sun goes round, the moon goes round, the tides and seasons go round. People are born and die, and when are we finished? If we refuse rest until we are finished, we will never rest until we die. Sabbath, dissolves the artificial urgency of our days because it liberates us from the need to be finished. Today, we discuss what it looks like to have faith and rest and the faith it actually takes to rest. We will look at our experiences with rest over the years, how it has helped us process emotions and find peace with God in the midst of a chaotic world. We're glad you're here. Thanks for joining The Father Pursuit. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we wanna encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation, just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. to the Father Pursuit. I'm Matt Davis and joining me today are Brian and Bryn Elliott, the co-founders of M46. Let's start it here today. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you can totally take a nap or lunch break right in the middle of the day, no problem whatsoever, or on the other side of the spectrum a 10 being what my Jewish grandmother would call spilkis, you have ants in your pants and you just can't ever stop. Hey Bryn, where do you fall on that on that spectrum?
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because me and my dad are total opposites of this spectrum. He's kind of more of a go, go, go person. And I'm 23, so I can rest (laughs) at this point still. (laughs) Um, So honestly, I'd say on this rest scale, I would probably put myself at a two or a three because I could easily take a nap in the middle of the day any day. But I think where it's a little bit different is that sometimes the ways that I choose to rest aren't maybe necessarily the ways that my spirit needs to rest. So it's definitely something I'm trying to balance and work on, but...
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to get to that in, in a couple of minutes, but Brian, so you're on the other side of the spectrum, so what does that look like, and is rest even possible for, and I'm, I'm right with you in that, is rest even possible for people like us who just kind of
2: go, go, go? Well, it's funny. I can, from time to time, dial it down to a two or a three and uh, and chill with the burn style of rest, but... I would say I probably hover at the five, six, seven, every now and again, teetering on to eight. So, so it is definitely, there's a discipline part for those that uh, are kind of wired differently. Brian,
0: one of the things that you just said that I think is interesting and I, is, is worth some exploration with all of this is you, you said that you don't often rest in the way that maybe your spirit needs. And so help me to... just to differentiate the difference between just, I need a nap and my soul needs rest.
1: Before I became a Christian or got closer to Jesus, my idea of rest was pretty much just sitting in front of the TV or, you know, trying to like fully shut my brain off, not think, not do anything, not move, like kind of just laziness. But as I've gotten closer to the Lord, I think I can see more way, ways in which rest actually rejuvenates my spirit. So for example, and I still do watch TV and lie on the couch, don't get me wrong, but when I'm intentionally resting with the Lord, for me, I try to get out, get out of the house a little bit more. So I live in Hawaii, so I love to like put up my hammock on the beach by myself and just bring my Bible and my headphones and either just lay there and listen to worship music and kind of just soak with the Lord is really restful for me or just reading scripture, things like that. And then I also noticed that I love to like do art with the Lord or create things with the Lord. And so that feels really restful to me, especially on like busy, long days. Because I find, you know, when I am just sitting on the couch, staring at a TV or doing things like that, I don't actually feel rejuvenated. I just kind of want to stay in that place.
0: Um, Brian, one of the things that you say in, in your upcoming book, More Than Gold, I'm going to read this quote. It says, uh, surrender results in rest. From rest, we can do whatever God asks of us with peace and joy. Working from our own strength and strife results in burnout. What does that mean to you? And have you ever been on the edge of of burnout? What does that look like and feel like?
2: Well, if I look at my pre-2016 time uh, before I made Jesus Lord, the when i would experience things that were difficult in business or if it, you know in the personal especially in business though i found really rocked me and my peace was taken and uh, i would find really i guess high anxiety uh, when i would, when i'd really face the shaking and what one of the things i realized that you know when you look at urgency, anxiety, you know, they all stem in panic from striving, from that place of, of, of moving into that place of rest. And ultimately, you know, the we talked a little bit uh, in, in past ones, just that the, the, the trust we have in God and the faith we have in Him, Expresses itself and and when we're really grounded in the nature and character of God, then it can express itself in rest. Yeah,
0: in Psalm one twenty one, it says, "He who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps." So, God does not need rest, but when God becomes man, uh, we we see this this picture of Jesus. And it wasn't that Jesus was just go 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 all the time; he had a busy life in ministry, but. He slept in the middle of a storm. Uh, he rested after performing miracles. He spent time in solitude with God before choosing the disciples. It says that he re- withdrew to pray before his arrest. Um, all, all throughout the narrative, if if really he was just it had no humanity, then then he would really need no, no rest. But we we see Jesus even just getting away. Uh, and he would celebrate uh, the Sabbath. My, my background is uh, being Jewish, that uh, we, we grew up with this. This was always this, this day to be set apart from Friday night to Saturday night. And it's even this beautiful thing in the creation narrative that for six days, God works and he also stops. Now, he didn't do that because he was tired. Uh, he did that because it was time to stop. At what point, what are some indicators, Bryn, when you're just maybe worn down or what, what are the, the places in your life when these things start to bubble up or show up, you you say to yourself, I need rest. I need to stop. I'm going too much. I'm going too hard.
1: It is really easy for me to get burnt out. And I think I noticed that when I tend to get burnt out is when I like my work or whatever ministry even is is coming from a place of striving. And I think it's really interesting because in Hebrews, Hebrews 4.11, um, it actually tells us to strive to enter rest with God. And it's the only place in the Bible that it tells us to strive. And so, and I think it's so cool because when we enter that place of rest, we're, when we strive to enter rest with God, I feel like it it's those moments that really create intimacy and for me at least, really grow my love for the Lord. And then coming out of those places, the things that I do and the work and the ministry and all of that kind of stuff can come from a place of intimacy and love for the Lord. So I noticed for me, it's the, the burnout is when I don't strive to enter rest with the Lord because I feel like it really affects my intimacy with Him.
0: Yeah, I, I remember coming out of a really busy season uh, as a pastor and going through December is just a little bit crazy with all of the services. And I think our, our staff, we chose this theme of simplicity for the next year. And I'll never forget, uh, I was up first to preach and it was January 3rd, 2016. And they gave me the topic of Sabbath. And you know, we're doing all of these different pieces of simplicity and simplifying our lives. And so one of those things was just the Sabbath. And so you know, they said, well, you're the Jewish guy. Why don't you talk about Sabbath? And so on, on January 3rd, 2016, I preach on Sabbath and how much we needed rest and feeling it in my own soul that I was like burning out. And so I preached that message and that afternoon I got mono and I was on my back for the next six weeks. So there is like this, man, I, if if we don't stop, there is there are these moments, but Brian, doesn't, doesn't God make kind of a big deal about this? Like there was even captivity that is associated and connected with Israel's failure to observe and keep the Sabbath. And therefore they are, they are now in captivity for all of those
2: Sabbaths that they missed. God cares about this, right? Yeah, totally. When you look at the command, the, to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, you know, that's a, it's a call to cease from labors and to honor God and our family in that time. And what's interesting too, is that when you look at the life of Jesus, he's our ultimate model. And you know, he, like you talked about at the beginning, like he would, um, he would go on his own and he would rest. And, uh, you know, so he, he did that very well, but what also he healed on the Sabbath. And one of the things that Jesus said is my father is always at work. And now, I mean, Mm. so when we look at it, we're free to do good works. Like we're not going to walk by somebody that's, that's down and out or see somebody in need and not reach out. So there's a um, but I think Jesus models everything, obviously, so beautifully, and, and Sabbath is no different. Yeah.
0: And you talk a lot, Brian, in the book about that we must work from our rest and not rest from our work. And we have it so backwards. And it's it's interesting, like even in the creation account in Genesis, it says it was evening and it was morning for each day. And what I love is that Adam and Eve, man was created on day six. And then what? The, the next day, day seven is Sabbath. And so Adam and Eve's first full day of existence on earth was rest. But how do we get this wrong? And I don't, you know, our American culture is we just go, 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 and we don't stop and rest very well. I don't know if it's the same way in Canada, but why is it that we should be working from our rest and not resting from
2: our work. When you look at, you know, all performance and striving, you know, distraction, independence, right, those are all the enemy's tactics. And I think we get pulled culturally into this fast forward society and, and quite often silence can make us feel vulnerable. And really, I think the more uncomfortable we get in the silence with God, it shows the more that we actually need it. And I found too, that when you really slow down and you step back... It really exposes things, our flaws and our, and our weaknesses rises to the surface. But the when you're in rest, it really reminds us that our strength comes from the Lord and it's it's a conscious shift. And that's why it's also a discipline. So it's a place of trust and faith, but it's also a discipline and it's, it's of the spirit that we can abide and begin to move in that way.
0: One of the great quotes uh, in the book is that rest is a weapon against the enemy. He cannot penetrate. Your peace, rest is a weapon against the enemy. If I'm going into a, a strategy just before going into war, and and the generals saying, "All right, guys, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to rest." I would I would be running the opposite direction. So, uh, Brian, how how can rest be this weapon against the enemy?
2: Well, when we're in rest, um, we actually move into a God consciousness, and and we're we're focused on what God is and, and what He's doing, and and so. So rest can actually move us into a place of worship because our eyes were focused on Him. We're, we're moving in that uh, place of surrender and we know the battle is the Lord's. And so that place of rest is really a place of peace. And so the shalom that like we can, we can operate from shalom. We can be still in the shalom and, uh, and like shalom means peace and harmony and wholeness and completeness. And, and so that's, again, the fruit of the, of abiding, but when you look at scripture and so the God of peace that crushes Satan under your feet. So as we hold our peace, then God is released. And you see that in in Psalm 91. Uh, you see it in Psalm 23. And, you know, also not by might nor my power, but by my spirit. And, you know, again, our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. So they're they're literally spiritual weapons that we're engaging in. And uh, it was interesting. I had a a friend over and I'm visiting in New Brunswick right now and we were, we were talking and he said, do you remember we were at a restaurant about two to three years ago? And he said, somebody got out of hand and they started screaming and hollering. There was almost a fight breaking out. And he said, you walked up to this guy and they were going at it pretty hard. You put your hand on him and you spoke peace over him. And it really, it it totally shifted everything. And they, they, he stopped and he looked at me and I asked him a question and then at the end of it, I ended up with him outside. And I laid hands and I prayed prayed for him and and his friend. So it was incredible how just moving in that place of peace. So I, I moved in the exact opposite spirit and I just came. Um, it really was more of an obedience and uh, there was no, I mean, typically, you know as a guy you would kind of move in more of an aggressive stance but i was just really led by the spirit to uh, to move in an opposite way and i think that's where peace is so powerful because when you think of what is the kingdom of god it is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit so our right standing with god and we are the righteousness of christ that we are innocent right and so that puts us in a a, a place where we can just live in the peace of god and it's so righteousness, which leads to peace, which leads to joy. And that peace is Jesus, the peace that passes all understanding beyond circumstance. And joy is a person, and joy is Jesus. So we begin to see how from that place of rest we become aware of God. We become we we we're kind of released from our own strength, and we begin to plug into who God is and what he's going to do. Uh, Bryn, I, I think that people might look at adults
0: in their 20s and 30s and kind of look at millennials or Gen Z, that generational type of thing. Uh, my first question is, do you think that your generation can do this? Can they Can they chill? And my second question with that would be, uh, what are they missing out on if, if they aren't living into this idea of rest?
1: I think that sometimes from outside eyes, it looks like we're really good at rest. <laughs> but I think at the same time, we don't really know how to rest. Um, you know, with screens and our faces all day and a thousand different social media platforms and all that kind of stuff, I think it's hard to actually stop. And for me too, it, it is for me too. And even sometimes in my quiet times in the morning, I'll be like sitting with the Lord and then and reading my Bible and then my phone buzzes and I pick up my phone and I'm like, okay, this needs to be in the other room because obviously I can't rest with this near me because it it like is disrupting my connection with the Lord and my peace in this moment. And so I think it's definitely hard because there's so many distractions all the time. And I also think it's hard because sometimes our attention spans lately have been quite, quite a bit shorter. Um, but I think as we as we learn to rest and kind of like get ourselves away from the distractions that stop us from actually entering true rest and find different ways to kind of go about it i think i think we can but i think the impacts of that are just even yeah less intimacy with the lord and and i and i think too it it puts our joy in in the wrong places as well
0: the screen time analytics on my phone what it is able to show me It's very disheartening. Sometimes, you know, it tells you now how many times you picked up your phone and what was the first app that you opened. And I, one of my kids actually just requested an app to be able to shut off all of the other apps or they could pick which apps because they needed to stay focused to do a project and they didn't want their apps to actually be popping up and notifying them so it's just interesting that we have apps for our apps now and it really is difficult for us to be able to step away from that and truly like put those things in another box and and really just be present and we have trouble doing that i think with with each other with people um, and we have trouble doing that with the lord um, brian in the book it says you you say true rest is impossible for christians living under an orphan spirit or a spirit of religion rest is natural for sons and daughters and for some rest might feel intimidating for others it may feel impossible Regardless, God will always meet you there. And like most things, the more you do it, the easier it will become. Um, what's the orphan spirit piece, the spirit of religion?
2: And is this really true? When you think about it, the, an orphan is only capable of religion. And an orphan has to work. It's, it's a slave mentality where it has to work, it has to earn and you know that's a that's a position of uh, like when you have to earn your righteousness you have to earn your right standing you have to earn your approval with god you have to it's a it's a it's a place of exhaustion whereas when so it 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 really comes down to our identity knowing you know that we're sons and daughters that we're that we're kings and priests on the earth and so so that identity also ties to our belief system and that's really when you look at the word repent right the one of the aspects of it is to return to who you are i mean there's multiple there's metanoia there's there are different aspects of repent but the when we're born again like that that is our true identity and and when we can truly understand who we are from a revelation standpoint not just a knowledge standpoint then we begin to see who we are clearly who god is clearly And that's, I think, the only way that we can have that peace and rest. Because without, I know for myself, whenever I start to feel um, like worked up or tense or or feel like there's a lot I have to do, my creativity starts to go down really, really quickly. And, And then, you know, when your soul is tired or your body's tired, like you're really not good for much. So that's really the signal for me to step back and to strengthen myself in the lord to to rest to look at my eating habits to to really because we're and we we're body soul and spirits so we have to respect all of those and and move into rest yeah. in all those aspects.
0: So all of this i think takes a measure of faith. And that's that's where i want to wrap us for today is is this idea for us to be able to truly enter into this rest it, it means that we have to step away from what's keeping us busy. Uh, and that might be, its it, it could be homework. If you're a student, it could be uh, certain projects. If you own a company, then you might have to take a break from some of that. If you are working in the home uh, and you have a lot of stuff to do there, you have to take a step away. And there's a, a trust, a faith here that everything's going to be okay and that God's going to work it out. If I don't finish this project or if I take this moment of rest that that our, our fear, I think fear is driving this conversation in our heads of, I, I'm not going to get this done. I'm not going to have what I need. I'm not going to get paid. I'm not going to have enough money. It's all up to me. Um, so where do we lack faith in in this aspect of looking to God, trusting God in our Sabbath time, in our rest?
2: My, one of my very favorite scriptures is, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. So we're designed to move from the kingdom of this world the kingdom of darkness and when we accept jesus he's the door into the kingdom of god and from that place then we can we can truly rest because we know in that place that jesus is all in all and we're now receiving from an eternal kingdom. We're part of an eternal kingdom. We're, we're an immortal son of the Most High and Jesus is now our brother. So we're, we're coming from a totally different standpoint. And then when we understand that Jesus is all in all, that he is our provider, that everything that we have that is good is from him. And that scripture says that even when we sleep, right, he's providing for us. So we can, at that point, begin to disconnect from the things of this world and begin to to, so we focus on what's above and not beneath. So we can really set our eyes on heaven and begin to to operate from that place of faith. And with faith, too, it's interesting how, you know, there's different aspects of faith that everybody is given a a portion of faith, which is saving faith. So we can exercise faith uh, through grace for salvation. And every person on earth has that measure of faith. And then, you know, faith comes from hearing and uh, hearing the Word of God. So as we uh, gather together, as we read the Word, as we speak of God, we're, we're building up faith. And there's also the other aspect of faith that is the gift of faith. And because we're in union, life union with Jesus, we're one with Him, that we can begin to move in that gift of faith. And when that hits, that's really where everything begins to uh, to change in in pretty dramatic ways. So. It's a it but again, it's all from a lifestyle of abiding and that whole Sabbath piece of of just dis- disconnecting and honoring God, but not doing it religiously. Like if I um if there's things that are um that uh, that I, I I love to read and I, I love to learn. And I I mean, that stuff is actually I'm pretty much insatiably curious. So I'm always like I don't read fiction because there's so many cool things to know. So my Sabbath probably looks a lot different than than Bryn's Sabbath, for example. And then if I do have to be traveling or something like that, then I'll just make sure I incorporate rest into another part of my day.
0: One of the, the passages in scripture I connect with is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, for, for people, I, I think it's the CEV version of the Bible, it says, I do have faith, but please help me to have even more. For people who might be on that brink, they want to believe, um, they have a seed of belief, um, but they're really coming to God saying, "Like, I'm going to set this time aside, I'm going to rest, but... Will you meet me there? Um, how do you speak to people who want that faith? They want that to grow.
1: Well, for a while, for me, I struggled with resting with God. And I felt like in certain moments, I'd be like, I don't feel like he's with me. I don't, I'm, I can't like feel his presence. He's not speaking anything to me and like all those kind of things. And so something I actually started doing um, when I was feeling like that was like the day before or it doesn't even matter the hour before it, it doesn't matter. But, um, I would ask the Lord to meet me. So if I knew that I was doing my quiet time at eight in the morning on the couch, I'd be like, okay, Lord, can you meet me at eight in the morning on the couch? And I know who he is. I know the character and nature of God. I know he's going to show up. And so I entered into my rest with the Lord and my time with the Lord with an expectation and a knowingness that he's already there because I asked him to come. And so that for me really, really helped. Um, but I also think too, that it was about feeling him or hearing him speak every time. I think, um, I trusted that in some seasons I was like, you know what, like last season I felt like I was hearing from the Lord a lot. And it was because I, I needed to hear these things. He was directing me. He was guiding me. He was encouraging me. He was, you know, he was correcting me all these different things. And, um, and then in certain seasons he's like, okay, I, I told you what you need to know. Like, you hear my voice every day in the word and that's enough right now. And so just trusting that like he gives us what we need in those times and that he, he's faithful to even lead us and guide us in our rest.
0: I love the simplicity of that. I just asked God to come and show up. And then I arrived knowing that he would be there. And and mm-hmm. that piece of faith is, is man, that, that's so good for me to even hear that. Brian, uh, would you close us out? And would you just pray for those who are listening, um, that those who need the the faith to be able to pause, who are at that place of, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Um, would you just pray uh, that the Lord would meet them in that space?
2: Yeah, Lord, we, we thank you, Lord, that you've made us so specifically and you've made us to operate from rest. And you tell us that your burden is easy and that your yoke is light. And in Hebrews 4.10, you tell us to enter into God's faith, rest, life and to cease from our own works. And then you also tell us that to abide, that Jesus, you are the vine and we are the branch. The branch does not strive to bear fruit, but it receives from the vine. So you've made it so easy for us just to fix our eyes on you. So Lord, I just pray that you'd give uh, people just new eyes to see and ears to hear. And they would see you again, Jesus, with fresh eyes, that we would abide in you. And the byproduct of that would be faith and love and hope. And the fruit of the Spirit would just grow in each of us. Just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey,
0: well, thanks for listening to The Father Pursuit today. Remember, going to sleep is one of those greatest acts of faith that we can do to be able to take a step back and to trust that God is in control even when we aren't. He is faithful to show up and do the work that needs to be done so that we can rest and be refreshed for a new day. Now, these sections on faith and rest in Brian's book are some of my favorite and certainly helpful in our journey to abide in Jesus. You can download portions of the book on our podcast pages on the M46 website at m46ministries.com, which is also the place where you can pre order Brian's new book, More Than Gold. So stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, keep following Jesus, rest in him, and may you be blessed in the person.